Hey, this is Jim, and you're listening to the podcast edition of the Jim Toth Show. Hear us live weekday afternoons from 1 till 3. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Very pleased to welcome in my next guest to kick off this second hour, Tara Sloan, of course, uh, best known for uh, hometown hockey on Sportsnet, but also top of her game, and uh, also a bit of a rock star as well, and a mom. But uh, Tara, thanks for joining us today. How are you? Hey, uh, I'm okay. You know, it's been uh, it's been a really heavy week covering hockey, but uh, I'm holding up all right. You know, it has been, and and I was watching hometown hockey last night, and and that's one of the main reasons why I wanted to have you on. But I mean, uh, I want to talk about the hockey culture with you and and everything else. And I think everybody that is a fan or involved in covering the game or in the game itself feels the heaviness of this week. But I did want to start with, before we get into the the culture and, and some of the stuff you were expressing last night and, and your feelings on it, uh, what do you want to hear from Kevin Cheveldayoff today? You know, I just want one person to speak from their heart. I, I feel like everybody has so many guards up. Um, there's so much lawyer speak. I just like, can somebody just reach down in the depths of themselves and say like, you know, I regret this so badly. I am so sorry. You know, we saw Gary Bettman make his statement yesterday and that part of it, he was reading like, why speak from your heart somewhere it exists. Right. And so, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, Kevin took uh, a lot of heat in the, the press conference yesterday. And uh, I'm very curious to see and hear how he responds. Well, and that's why I, I, what I liked about what you said last night was spoken from the heart. And to be honest with you, we started the show and I just, you know, we've been waiting for so long to hear from Kevin Cheveldayoff. It's hard to sort of cover this story going forward until he speaks and until Mark Chipman speaks. So today I just let listeners weigh in on what they wanted to hear. And, you know, whether they, they want him no longer in this position or whether they want him left alone and allowed to do his job, that is the main sentiment is they just hope he doesn't read something and hopes that he just speaks on how he honestly feels. And I, and I think whether it's Sheveld day off or not, I'm with you. Somebody has to just sit down here and and speak with the compassion that I think most fans of the game want to hear right now. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, you know, I mean, if he insists, (laughs) if they have come to the conclusion that he should stay in his current position, um, how is he going to learn from this? What are the takeaways, you know? But, yeah, I just want to hear somebody speak like a human being. Yeah, for sure. Uh, talk to me about the ho- the culture of hockey and, and what you would like to see change because, you know, we focus on these incidents when they come out and then the game goes on and we sort of, you know, have it in the back of our minds, but then another incident happens. And what I really struck me last night and and I should do this more often but you pointed out is it's not this incident it's not that incident it's the past 18 months in and around this game is why so many people just have a hard time getting out of bed as a hockey fan every morning because of the weight of this um what what do you make of the hockey culture right now and where do you think it could go from here or where should it go I mean there has to just be a a huge reckoning and You know, quite frankly, all of these things are these behaviors, um, this culture of silence, this culture of winning at all costs. Obviously, this is a business. I understand that. But these things are so deeply ingrained. And I think, you know, change has to come at all levels. And that's not to say there aren't a ton of people doing great work. You know, I want to make that clear, like also at every level. 
Um, so from minor hockey associations to people who work for the NHL who re- really care, you know, like I can't even imagine what Kim Davis, who's the senior VP of, of inclusion, I, I, like I can't imagine what she's thinking to herself. Certainly she's unable to comment on this. But um, so it's going to take a really massive reckoning. I don't know if this is it, but it seems like, you know, once a month it's a tough week to be a hockey fan. And it is unsustainable. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I think sponsors are going to have a voice in this. And I think we're going to see something. You know, this, this isn't over. Um, but, yeah, I mean, until there's money talks. So until there's something where either the fans start to pull back or sponsors demand more, I don't know. Like, where is the pressure on the NHL to make a real systemic change? One of the things that always happens, whether it's a work stoppage, whether it's a strike, whether it's a scandal like this, hockey fans seem to always come back to the game. They might not be as enthused or they might not, you know, like it as much, but it's just that ingrained Canadian passion we have for it. I'm wondering on hometown hockey, going to these communities, what do you hear from fans around this, especially this week? Like this would be the week that I'm sure that maybe four months from now you go to a community and you talk to fans, this might not even come up. I, I hope it's still around, and I hope it's still moving forward. But specifically this week, what did you hear from fans? I think a lot of people, you know, the reason I felt empowered to say what I said on Hong Chan Hockey last night is because I know that what I feel is what a lot of hockey fans are feeling. They feel conflicted because this is a beautiful game with the capacity to bring people together um, and heal people and heal communities. You know, we, we know that. We see that time and time again. And that's the, been the gift of being on Rogers Hometown Hockey is that we're able to highlight those stories. And that's kind of what keeps me afloat um, and keeps all of us coming back. Um, so, you know, but not to be lost in all of this is, yeah, there's some really ugly stuff and it, it is from the top down. So I certainly hope and I mean, I hate that, you know, Kyle Beach um, has had to go through all this to maybe begin this real reckoning in the NHL. But I hope this is it. I hope this is what does it. Uh, do, do you think, obviously things will change, but where do you think it starts? And and I've heard a lot of talk about third parties and, and even Batman said he was going to bring that in. And I know Winnipeg's own Jen Botterill mentioned that really emotionally on Saturday um, so is it having a third party come in? Is that the beginning of sort of getting rid of the culture or the old boys club and moving to a place where um, everybody sort of feels safe and comfortable to do what they want to do? Like, I, I guess, and I know it's not your job, but I, I'm wondering what your thoughts are on what the first step and then the next step is from there. Oh, I, I mean, listen, I don't know enough about sort of the mechanisms um, that are possible, but I 100% believe that the NHL is incapable of policing itself, for lack of a better term. So there needs to be a, a watchdog, and it needs to be independent, um, and it needs to have no financial interest in the game. And so what that is, I, I truly do not know. Um, but, you know, when when the final word comes to the commissioner – I just, that's, that's not okay. (laughs) He is, he is part of this system. And so, yeah, absolutely. There needs to be eyes much outside of the NHL. Tara, I really appreciate your time and uh, thank you for taking the time and and just giving us your thoughts and your comments and uh, continue to 
continued success on the next. Where is the next hometown hockey? We are in the township of Oramadante, so actually not too far from Toronto. And then uh, we head to Sudbury, and we'll we'll be starting to roll out more more stops soon. We definitely hope to head head west, but we're obviously being cautious with COVID. Yes, I was going to say hard to make too much of a schedule and a plan for sure during that. Tara, thanks so much for doing this, and appreciate your opinions. Oh, thank you for having me. Tara Sloan, of course, with Hometown Hockey, also top of her game on Sportsnet, and you can follow her at Tara Sloan on Twitter as well. An interesting story happened on Hal Anderson this morning, and to talk about it with us is an investment advisor from Endeavor Wealth Management. It's Brent Butt. Good morning, Brent. Or good afternoon, Brent. How are you? Yeah, good afternoon. How are you? That's good. Thank you. We're going to talk supply chain, and that's how slow it is. I thought it was still the morning in the mid-afternoon. How about that? <laughs> um, well, it might be moving uh, Might be moving a little slower than that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and some people might want new phones for Christmas time, given the fact that they're uh, better. Bell ones uh, moved ahead an hour yesterday or on the weekend as well. Uh, but how did a great story today on what I think would surprise a ton of people about a potential massive, well, potential forecasting, a potential massive shortage of Christmas trees, 40 to 50% of the usual stock not available in this city come uh, around the Christmas holidays. So I thought I would t- reach out to you because... I think this is a, a such an interesting story of people Halloween costumes not coming in or even me running around like a, a crazy person looking for Halloween candy on Sunday afternoon as well. That was all out. So we'll start with um, the Christmas trees. Were you aware that that shortage might be here? And, and is it something that just uh, falls in line with the rest of the supply chain? You know what? I wasn't aware of the the Christmas trees until I started digging a little deeper into it, in, into that uh, actually today in preparation for our, our discussion. But it's in line with everything that we're seeing. Um, you know, when we look at the global su- supply chain and ar- uh, around the world, um, you know, there's a shortage in, of everything from f- from fuel to few food, um, toys. We're seeing it basically touch every aspect of our economy. And uh, so it, it's not a surprise to hear that uh, both the real Christmas trees and the fake Christmas trees are going to be in uh, short supply uh, this winter here. So we're not out of the pandemic by any means, but I think it's fair to say we're getting to a better place and, and we hope to continue to go this way. How is the supply chain today compared to maybe a year ago at this time? Uh, you know, tough, tough to say, um, in, in relation to a year ago, it's still absolutely in a mess. Uh, okay. you know, when we look at globalization in the past few deca- decades, um, globalization has extended companies' production and tentacles to all corners of the planet uh, in search for lower costs, and it worked you know, really well for shareholders of businesses, and it also worked really well for us as consumers because we, we got to buy cheaper goods. But our, our whole entire supply chain was designed for efficiency over resilience. And, uh, and then we got hit with that pandemic, and really Really, it's exposed this this lack of, of resilience in the system. And when we talk to and look at a lot of these logistic logistics experts around there, they're all pointing towards higher higher uh, you know sh- shipping costs, delivery delays, and and empty and occasionally empty shelves that will extend 
through much of, of 2020 is their, uh, their belief today. But, you know, these things are so complicated. There's so many variables. So could it go even longer? Quite possibly. These, these type of when we've, you know, focused all these last decades on cheaper, faster, just-in-time delivery, uh, when we get hit with something like a pandemic that shuts economies down, we have to manage, you know, workers and health, add on labor shortages, it's not going to be an overnight fix, really. Wow, that's interesting that you put it that way and hard to compare, but yet it's just as much of a mess as it's been for a while. Uh, one of the things that stood out to me when I was rushing around the city Sunday afternoon trying to find Halloween candy was the Christmas stuff already out. And that added to my frustration going, are you kidding me? Like I can't find Halloween candy, but all this Christmas stuff is out already. Um, what are you forecasting right now? Should people as of November 2nd start going, man, if I want to order this as a gift or if I want to do this over the holiday season, however you celebrate, I, I should start it now? Should I have I started it already or do I have a little bit of leeway here? You know, this is a sensitive topic for me because I'm one of those late shoppers. I was like you. I went out on <laughs> Halloween to get my costume or the day before Halloween, there was nothing left. Christmas stuff was already coming out. So, um, you know, really, you got uh, this year, uh, you're going to want to be early. Like, you're, you're going to want to start getting on things now because there is... Uh, you know, shortages. There, there's also, you know, disruption within that supply chain. So, you know, there might be goods out there that you're looking to buy, but just getting them to you in time is going to be a challenge. So, uh, you know, buying early, you know, looking possibly at things like, I, I know this is kind of odd at Christmas, but pre-owned and used. Um, another way is, you know, buying things that are manufactured here in Canada. You, you know, when you're looking at that, there might be better control over supply and what's in stock. Um, and, you know, ultimately, Gift cards might be a, a a solution this year. I know a lot of people are against giving the gift card. It's never fun. I love receiving gift cards. So if any of my family members are listening today, uh, you know, <laughs> keep the gift cards coming. Um, but those are all kind of solutions to kind of help manage through the season because, you know, to know exactly what they're talking about, you know, things like toys. That's We're going to have trouble with toys there, furniture. Um, you know, electronics are interesting because a lot of the smaller electronics, iPhones, uh, all these tablets, they're smaller and more economical. So businesses like Apple, you know, they make so much money off these devices that they're willing to spend and get these where they need to be. But in the electronic space, we're dealing with a semiconductor shortage. So they may, you know, be willing to spend the money, but at the end of the day, they can't necessarily get the parts that they need to even build the product. So I think the message this year, uh, you know, be early, uh, look local, and, uh, you know, possibly gift cards could, could uh, be, uh, be a play. As a late shopper myself, you're telling me that we might not win that argument this year, Brent, that, you know, when you go out the day before and you actually get it and you say, see, I told you I could arrive on time, that might not happen and we might lose that argument oh, this year. We're, we're in trouble, Jim. <laughs> so, uh, you know, maybe you and I uh, this weekend should uh, head on out, get on Amazon, head out to some of the local stores around the city and uh, maybe even check out the mall because uh, it's coming. It's going to be here quick and I can't believe it's already November. See, just as you were saying that, my instinct was, ah, oh, we got lots of time, but I guess I got to change that mind, uh, <laughs> my thought process as well. And I love gift cards as well. I know some people think they're impersonal, but not if they're for something that people actually want or if you were going to get them something at that place that they enjoy. I think they're a fabulous idea. Yeah, I've always been a big fan. I like, uh, you know, being able to control exactly what it is. Like you said, people think it's impersonal, but, you know, maybe this year, uh, you know, gift cards become that uh, that go-to and, and everyone can, uh, you know, be happy and, and be able to use the funds toward things that they'll, they'll really, really use. And you don't have to do the guessing of, you know, what does this person want? It'll make it nice and easy.
Exactly. As long as it's not a winter brush brush from a gas station, you should be okay. So good to go. Hey, <laughs> yeah, I really appreciate exactly. this. Yeah, I really appreciate this thought. And the other thing that stood out to me was, like uh, the gentleman Hal had on said that I would uh, tell everyone at the start of December buy your tree and just put it in your backyard until you use it. That's uh, the the kind of shortage that's going to be there. So appreciate the insight, Brant, and all the best. Yeah, I appreciate your uh, time today, Jim. Thanks for having me on. Brant Butt, investment advisor at Endeavor Wealth Management.